0: A number of factors will be at play to decide who will be the Seahawks' starting quarterback in 2022. Might the relationship between one of those quarterbacks and star receiver D.K. Metcalf have a significant bearing on who wins that competition? Rob Rang and I are going to be diving in on our latest installment of Locked On Seahawks. You are Locked On Seahawks. Your daily Seattle Seahawks podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team... Every day. Greetings, 12. This is Corbin Smith, your host for Locked on Seahawks. Joining me for our Monday episode, my co-host in crime, Rob Rang. Thanks, as always, for making Locked on Seahawks your first lesson five days a week. I can't believe I'm saying this, Rob, but we are eight days away from the Seahawks reporting for the start of training camp. It's July 18th, they report on July 26th that rookies and veterans, the Seahawks, one of the few teams that are having everybody come the same day, and then the first practice is the following day, the 27th. So just a little over a week away from the Seahawks descending on the VMAC and starting training camp. Keeping that in mind, it is time for us to ramp up our training camp previews Position by position, we're going to be checking out quarterback and linebacker, two positions that are missing future Hall of Famers that departed this offseason. A lot of major changes in those two spots. We're going to be diving into both positions in a jam-packed Monday episode. Now, for fairly lead story here on Locked on Seahawks. Nobody knows at this point who's going to be the starting quarterback for the Seahawks when they face off against Russell Wilson, the Broncos, In week one on Monday Night Football, there's a number of factors that are going to be at play here. Most likely, it's going to be Geno Smith or Drew Locke. Maybe Jimmy Garoppolo's name gets thrown in the hat. We've already discussed that possibility, but right now it looks like it's going to be Smith or Locke. And we're going to dive into a number of the other factors at play here that are going to determine who wins this job. But Rob, I think it would be remiss of us not to mention one pretty simple but yet very important factor that is going to potentially be a major advantage for Geno Smith going into this competition we've talked so much about his experience in Shane Waldron's offense but how about that rapport that he has with DK Metcalf those two last year Metcalf two of his three best games in receiving yardage happened with Geno Smith under center I think that that is a very important factor to consider when we're going into this competition
1: Oh, it certainly is. I mean, when you have one of the game's, uh, you know, most dynamic talents, uh, regardless of position, in DK Metcalf, um, and you already have an established relationship with him with Geno Smith, then yeah, that is a huge advantage. Um, you can, you can, those of uh, our YouTube lit, uh, viewers can can see the the different statistics and notes that uh, that Corbin has posted up here. I'll, I'll read them off for for some of our listeners. Uh, you know, Geno Smith's numbers targeting DK Metcalf. Metcalf Metcalf last season. He completed 17 of his 21 pass attempts for 251 yards and four touchdowns in four games. That, of course, is the game against the Rams in which he took over for injured Russell Wilson, as well as against the Steelers, the Saints, and the Jacksonville Jaguars. Um, He had an 84 yard touchdown. That was a career high for DK Metcalf in that matchup against the Saints. And that, by the way, was against two pro bowlers. Uh, In in the cornerback, uh, Marcus Lattimore, as well as the safety, Marcus Williams. Um, You know, and and then obviously was very successful against Jacksonville with two touchdowns in that game. Uh, You know, prior to Russell Wilson's injury against the Rams, he had very similar numbers, including a touchdown throw to DK Metcalf. Geno Smith comes in, has very similar numbers, including a touchdown throw to DK Metcalf to put Seattle in position to potentially win that game. So I think all of those different reasons, Corbin, are why Geno Smith has a significant advantage uh, on Drew Lock because of that rapport with DK Metcalf, and again, it feels like like Metcalf is just still just scratching the surface of his potential. And so, it, whoever is the quarterback for the Seahawks, if they are able to get DK Metcalf a damn ball, as Keyshawn Johnson, uh, you know, so famously said years ago, then I think that uh, that is going to lead to success for the quarterback and success for the Seahawks.
0: And I know there are plenty of fans out there that have talked about this on social media. I brought these stats up earlier in the offseason. Of course, your skeptics out there immediately pointed, well, 84 of those yards happened on one pass. Yes, that's true. But even without that play, in three other games, these two combined for three touchdowns. And I think the thing that's most interesting is Metcalf only averaged five targets per game in the three starts that Geno Smith had under center replacing Russell Wilson. So it's not like he was force-feeding him. It's when he was throwing the ball to him, he was extremely effective. And I think Geno Smith, the the game plans were not set up necessarily for him to take those deep shots downfield. And He may have wanted to take more of those opportunities. But pass protection was shaky in front of him in all three starts. The running game was not what it was at the end of the season. And that's the other thing I think that works in Geno Smith's favor a little bit here. If the running game can pick uh, pick up close to where it left off last year, the way Rashad Penny was running, that's something that did not benefit him in the three starts that he played. Alex Collins had a decent game in Pittsburgh in the second half, but otherwise their run game was non-existent in the four games that he played in. So that's something else to consider. But going back to the Metcalf subject, we talked about this during the season after Russell Wilson returned from his injury a few games in. I actually think it was the second game against the Rams that in the press box there were a few of the reporters up there you could see the open anger from DK Metcalf because there were a couple plays where he torched Jalen Ramsey on verticals and Russell Wilson could not get the football to him, either didn't see him or the throws were not close to being on point. The chemistry was just not there. At that point, a lot of us were wondering – you know, is, is he potentially wanting Geno to be out there because there's questions about Russell's health, him not being close to 100%, and that was something that was really a prevailing conversation for a number of weeks. Now we see the new video coming out of DK Metcalf working out with Geno Smith this offseason. He looks really fast coming off foot surgery, looks healthy. So, of course, Seahawks fans are getting really excited about it, but I don't think you can underscore the importance here, and maybe Drew Locke and DK Metcalf will end up having really good chemistry too. We don't know that yet. Metcalf hasn't been there to catch passes at OTAs from him, but that's a big unknown right now. Something we do know, Geno Smith has a very good chemistry already with DK Metcalf, and that's your number one receiver. That's your superstar receiver. I think that that is a huge deal, a huge feather in the helmet for Geno Smith going into this battle.
1: Yeah, a couple of, of interesting points that you just made there, Corby. I think for one um, again, the, the the moments that we saw DK Metcalf so frustrated, and of course there have been those moments uh, over his brief and brilliant NFL career, um, then I, I think that, that has led to a lot of speculation that, that maybe he has a little bit better relationship with Geno Smith than at times he had with Russell Wilson just because often Geno was one of the players that DK Metcalf would go on the sideline, stand next to, have some conversations and that's mm-hmm. normal for a receiver and the backup quarterback just because of the perspective that they have but also I think that it uh kind of speaks to again that relationship that these two players already have together um and and then the other point that I I would make is just kind of the idea that uh, again just what a talent DK Metcalf is and the caliber of players that he had his success with um you know while working with Geno Smith you mentioned the the lack of uh any kind of consistent running game for Seattle during those games but I tried to make sure that people listened about the the, the Saints um, and, and their Pro Bowlers, the, the the Steelers, and they had some uh, you know terrific players um, and were very successful. They used a lot of bracket coverage to kind of limit what DK Metcalf was able to do. And I think that again, the, the more time that Seattle has with Metcalf and likely uh, you know Geno Smith uh, working together, they did that on their own as you mentioned. Then it's just going to create that much more harmony between the two, and then while we start to kind of get this idea that it is Metcalf and Smith, I think that Metcalf deserves some credit too, Corbin. There was kind of a, a comical uh, episode here a couple of weeks ago where Drew Locke was kind of, you know, the, the U.S. Open in golf actually kind of poked some fun. But I thought that was interesting that Metcalf actually was one of the Seahawks who who uh, you know, kind of stood up for Drew Locke as well. So I think that this kind of shows who DK Metcalf is as a human being also. And, and so again, I, I think that there is a relationship already with Geno Smith and that gives him the advantage. But I think that DK Metcalf has shown that he is open to whoever is going to throw him the football as any good wide receiver, especially one in a contract year should be.
0: Yeah, and I think that's worth noting that it's not the first time that DK Metcalf has come out on social media and spoke out in favor of Drew Locke. He's mm-hmm. backing up his quarterback. So again, I'm not saying this that this by itself is gonna just make it Geno Smith your starter. G- Drew Locke's got all the physical tools to take advantage of a receiver like DK Metcalf on downfield throws. That fits his strengths. Those two could take off famously. We just don't know. There's uncertainty. We've never seen them on the field together. We have seen Geno Smith and DK Metcalf. So we have an idea what that looks like. Can Drew Locke step up to the plate? Is that relationship going to be similar? If so, this is going to be a very tight quarterback competition, and we're going to be breaking down that competition. We're going to look at a big question that we want answered, spotlight a few players, and make some bold predictions as we kick off our training camp preview under center here in a moment. Level with me. We've all been in a situation at some point in our lives when we were a little tight on cash. Maybe you can only afford to put a few gallons of gas in your tank or you got another save the date and are wondering how you're going to afford a gift. That's where Dave can help. Dave is the banking app that can help you get up to $500 instantly with extra cash. That's more money to fill your tank, buy that wedding gift or catch up on bills. You can finally tackle those expenses that have been stressing you out without any hangups and there's no interest no credit check needed. Millions of people have already downloaded the Dave app to get the financial relief they need with extra cash. Download the Dave app from the App Store right now. That's D-A-V-E. Sign up for an extra cash account and get up to $500 instantly. For terms and conditions, go to dave.com legal. Instant transfer fees apply. Banking provided by Evolve. Member FDIC. You're listening to the Locked On Seahawks Podcast, Monday edition. I'm your host, Corbin Smith. Joining me as always, my co host in crime, Rob Rang. Thanks as always for making Locked On Seahawks your first listen five days a week. It's July 18th, so make sure to check out on Locked On Podcast Network. We've got our 50 most valuable players in the NFL from the odds makers at Bet Online. It's available today on the Locked On NFL Podcast, wherever you get your podcasts. And on YouTube, training camp is just eight days away for the Seahawks at the VMAC. They're going to be descending on the facility soon, veterans and rookies alike. So it's time for our annual training camp preview. And Rob, we're going to start off at the most important position. And this is one that for the past decade, it's been a pretty quick segment because we knew that number three was going to be the starting quarterback. Russell Wilson is the man. Well, that is not the case in 2022. For the first time in a decade, there's going to be somebody new that is under center taking snaps for the Seahawks. And right now it looks like it's going to be Geno Smith or Drew Locke. And we just talked about Geno Smith, one of the advantages that he has coming back for a fourth season now in Seattle. He's been with DK Metcalf, Tyler Lockett, and company for a number of seasons. He knows Shane Waldron's offense, but Drew Locke is the younger player, possibly has more upside at this point. And so that left you with the burning question here. I think you and I both believe that this is the key question at this position going into training camp. Is there a franchise caliber quarterback currently on the roster?
1: Yeah, I think that's the, that's the question that we have to have answered this season. Um, of course, we, we've talked about a lot, Corbin, that um, a big part of why Seattle's trade of Russell Wilson to Denver was viewed as by some as a possible long term win by Seattle is they have to take advantage of those draft picks. Two first round picks this upcoming year, two second round picks as well in a quarterback class that is viewed and is expected to be very, very rich, a, a stark contrast to what we saw this past season. And so Seattle has to know if they've got a long-term franchise quarterback on the roster right now, or they have to be able to put themselves in position to get one via the draft or free agency this upcoming season. And they are in an excellent position to do so. Um, and, and so that to me is what this training camp and really what this season is going to be about. And I'll kind of tease in some of my answers to some of the other questions we're going to be talking about here in just a moment. But um, I think that Seattle has to start Geno Smith as well as Drew Locke at some points this season. And it may only be in the training camp or it may only be in preseason excuse me where you get those players or starts but you have to make sure that you fully investigate who these players are you cannot go into next season not knowing what you had with geno smith and drew lock and then just gambling away those draft picks if you already had a quality player in shane waldron and pete carroll's off and Pete carroll's team and scheme um already on the roster
0: This is the way that I'm viewing this, and our listeners have been hearing me say this quite frequently on the podcast in a number of different ways, but I'm just going to get straight to the point. If you want to see if you have a franchise quarterback on your roster, there's only one realistic option here, and this is not bashing Geno Smith, because I do think that there's a good chance Geno Smith is your starter in week one. I think he's got a great opportunity here to be the guy for this season, but Geno Smith is not a franchise quarterback. He is not a long-term option at quarterback. There is still a sliver of hope that Drew Locke, if you can find his peak performance, if you can get the best out of him, with him being only 25 years old, the big throwing arm, the underrated athleticism that he brings to the table, if you can get the best out of him, you could still have a franchise quarterback there. Now that is a huge if from what we've seen in Denver. There are certainly some red flags there that would suggest to you, that guy is not a starting quarterback in the NFL. But I feel much more confident of those two just because of the age and the physical tools that Drew Locke is the one of the two. If one of them is going to be a franchise guy, it is Drew Locke. So if that's something you're really wanting to find out, you need to give him every opportunity to win this starting job in week one. And once he's the starter, you let him roll. If he struggles a little bit, you keep letting him roll. Because if you only give him a couple games, how are you truly going to know with him running a new offense? To to me, if you're going to have this question being considered here long term, that is the only option. Unless you're going to bring Jacob Eason back into this mix. And I think you and I would both agree that Jacob Eason is not in this competition. It is between Drew Locke and Geno Smith. If they're wanting a franchise guy, it's got to be the younger quarterback in Locke, at least in my estimation.
1: Yeah, I, I would agree with you. And then quickly on Eason, um, you know, when I evaluated him at the University of Washington, previously University of Georgia, I saw NFL tools. But when I have seen him uh, alongside, uh, you know, Russell Wilson and Geno Smith in Seattle, I, I thought that he was a significantly the number three quarterback. So I agree with you. I think that this really is a Drew Locke versus Geno Smith uh, kind of a competition. And I think that the Seahawks feel the same way as you do, Corbin, that they would love for Drew Locke and all of that unt- potential uh, to really seize this job. But at the same time, this is Pete Carroll we're talking about. Um, and, and he has already said that he does not feel that he needs to have a star-worthy performer at the quarterback position for his team to be successful. And frankly, I agree with him. It's It's been proven true too many times. Um, and so if you have the running game and the defense that Seattle thinks that they may have, then you should be able to compete with just a kind of a steady eddy performance. And that's something that I think that Geno Smith has the advantage of over Drew Locke. You know, that was always the knock on Lock going back to his days in the SEC, Quarterback was that he was too aggressive. He was willing to trust that big arm and throw the ball into coverage. And that is the quickest thing to getting yourself right on the pine with Pete Carroll, um, you know, that you can possibly do with the quarterback position. It's a lot like running backs putting the ball on the ground. Um, and, and so that's why I do think that there is a chance that, uh, that that Geno Smith will enter this season as the starter, um, but at the same time, I do think for the exact same reasons that you just mentioned, that, that Drew Locke was ultimately going to wrestle that position away, and, and that's why Drew Locke is the player that I really want to spotlight. Um, the, the, the 6'4", 230 pounds, the, the agility and athletic ability that he possesses, that's always been something that Seattle has liked, is having some athletic ability and some courage at the quarterback position. There was too many times that you know over these last couple of years we saw opportunities for russell wilson to run the ball and he did not for whatever reason and sometimes that resulted in massive beautiful plays downfield but a lot of times it did not and so i've talked about this before i think that you have a humble and hungry drew lock that recognizes that this is his best opportunity i think you're going to have a a an opportunistic and eager geno smith who is just chomping at the bit and i think that you're going to have these two players are going to have a really spirited competition and camp. i expect there to be some pretty good play from the quarterback position at least a lot better quarterback play at the quarterback position than some of the national pundits are expecting well it's all said and done my prediction is again that geno wins the game at a train camp because he's kind of the slow and steady But ultimately, Drew Locke takes over that position. I think that Drew Locke will ultimately wind up being the more statistically relevant quarterback for the Seahawks in 2022.
0: Drew Locke's got the size. He's got the athleticism. He is six and a half years younger. And as I outlined a few moments ago, that speaks to a guy that has a better chance of being a franchise quarterback because of his youth. But we just haven't seen the consistency. The decision making is something that's been extremely frustrating for people in Denver, and that's why he lost his starting job to Teddy Bridgewater. They trusted Bridgewater to run the offense and not force the football. Now, he did at times during the season do that, and Bridgewater didn't have a great season by any means, but they had seen enough from Drew Locke to suggest he's too trigger-happy, he's going to throw into coverage, he's going to throw turnovers. He had led the NFL interceptions in 2020, so like he knows that. He knows that's an area he has to clean up. I just think when you're talking about motivated and hungry, Gino Smith has been waiting for this chance for more than half a decade. And when he was a starter with the New York Jets, it was, we know the New York Jets. That's where quarterbacks get drafted to rot and die. Like they don't become successful NFL quarterbacks there. Now, maybe Zach Wilson's gonna buck that trend. I like what the Jets are doing right now with their current regime, but that has been where quarterbacks with promise go and do absolutely nothing. He was put on a bad roster bad coaching, and so I think he's been waiting and waiting and waiting for this opportunity. He wasn't spectacular last year, but he played pretty solid in the three starts that he had without a running game behind him. I think you put a running game with Geno Smith, with his knowledge of the offense, the backing that he has in the locker room, and from Pete Carroll. I mean, Pete Carroll's been praising him all offseason. It's pretty genuine. I mean, they love what he brings to the table in terms of taking care of the football, being uh, experienced with the offense, his relationship with Metcalf as we outline, And so I'm going a little different than you in the bold prediction. I, we are both going to agree on one thing. I think Geno Smith wins this job. I think he's the starter against the guy that was in front of him for the last three years, Russell Wilson, in week one. But I don't think Drew Locke starts a game this season. I think Geno Smith starts all 17. I hope that I am wrong to an extent here because I would love to see Drew Locke really play to his potential, and maybe he will. Uh, But there just hasn't been enough for me to see to this point that suggests that's going to happen. And I've seen enough from Geno Smith and, and just the way that the coaching staff and his teammates respond to him that I think that this is Geno's job. And I think the long game, they're looking at this draft class coming in next year. They're looking for their franchise QB in this next draft. So I think they think their best chance to win games this year. And Pete Carroll ain't tanking. The best chance to win games this year is with a proven commodity that knows the offense. So I think Geno Smith starts all 17 games and throws 26 touchdowns. That's my bold part of the prediction. I think he throws 26 touchdowns with the skill talent they've got around him, especially at the receiver position. I'm not saying he's going to be lighting up scoreboards, but I think Geno Smith is going to win the job, and I think he's going to have a steady, solid season for the Seattle Seahawks.
1: That that is a bold prediction, Corbin. I love the specificity of like the 26 touchdowns. But it was the idea that the Geno Smith uh starting every single game. And when we break down the offensive tackles, uh in a, you know in a couple of days, Corbin, that, that's one of the things that I have some concerns about is can any quarterback uh hold up 17 games with presumptive rookie starters at those two critical positions. So I think it's going to be interesting to see who is physically tough enough to be able to hold up for the entire season. And that's one of the things that Geno Smith has definitely earned some kudos with the Seahawks in the past, is just his toughness, his reliability, his consistency, his professionalism. That has not always been uh you know viewed as, as some of the strengths for Drew Locke in the past. And so that's that's really where Drew Locke has to kind of win over some people as well, not just the the other players on the team. As we talked about, Geno Smith has that advantage already, especially with a guy like DK Metcalf. But Drew Locke has to convince everybody that he is is dialed in and into this opportunity as Geno Smith is because, as you mentioned, he has been waiting for this opportunity for an even longer time than Drew Locke.
0: Russell Wilson's not the only marquee player the Seahawks are going to be replacing this upcoming season. Bobby Wagner is playing for a division rival in Los Angeles, and that gives the linebacker group a significantly different look going into the 2022 season. We're going to continue our training camp preview, checking out that linebacker group, here in a moment. Betonline.net is your number one source for all your betting needs and sports info. Find all the latest sports developments, league reviews, and news, including this year's Major League Baseball season. Betonline is your continued source for all your sporting and wagering information, including live betting, esports, and scores. BetOnline.net remains the best spot for all of your sports scores, podcasts, and news this season. And BetOnline.net is the fastest and easiest way to check in all your favorite sports and events including MMA, boxing, and golf. Head to their website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends in action. Bet online where the game starts. Welcome back to the Locked On Seahawks podcast, Monday edition. I'm your host, Corbin Smith. Joining me as always... My co-host in crime, Rob Rang. Thanks for making Locked on Seahawks your first listen five days a week. And make sure to check out the Locked on NFL podcast. Our national NFL experts and insiders keep fans dialed in with the biggest stories and the latest news from around the league because an offseason doesn't equal a break in the action. Continuing our training camp preview, we just broke down the quarterback competition coming up. Russell Wilson's out of town. He's in Denver. We've got Drew Locke going up against Geno Smith. Set to begin that competition in just nine days with practice kicking off on July 27th at the VMAC. Wilson's not the only big-name player that the Seahawks are going to be replacing this season, however. You look at the defensive side of the football. Bobby Wagner, number 54, has been a staple of this defense for the past decade. Future Hall of Famer, one of the best linebackers ever to play the game. He's now in Los Angeles. The Seahawks will face him twice this upcoming season. And in his stead, Cody Barton finally in year four is going to get his opportunity to be an everyday starter next to a budding superstar in Jordan Brooks. And I've seen a lot of questions out there from national pundits about the linebacker group. How can Seattle recover without Bobby Wagner? And really, the essential question for this group, ultimately, is Cody Barton the guy? Can he handle being the everyday starter, middle linebacker? We've seen him play well in spot starts, but he's never had this chance to be an every-down starter for an entire season. Is he going to be able to handle that? I don't think there's any question that's bigger when you're looking at this group.
1: That's an excellent point. Uh, You know, I I think that... One can make an argument that, um you know, quarterback, which we talked about just a moment ago, and linebacker are the two ugliest, weakest positions on paper, at least on Seattle's roster, Corbin. And uh, obviously, a big part of that is because of the fact that you did lose these two uh, Hall of Famers or future Hall of Famers and Russell Wilson and Bobby Wagner, as well as KJ Wright, of course, a year ago. But when you have a guy who, you know, finished in, in second in all of the NFL in tackles this season, the season, Go in Jordan Brooks. And every indication you have is that he, like DK Metcalf, we talked about before, is only going to get better. He is just scratching the surface of his potential. I think that Seattle is relatively well-positioned to be able to absorb the loss of Bobby Wagner because of what Cody Barton does do well. He is an instinctive, productive, reliable, open field tackler, similar to Bobby Wagner. He is not the same type of athlete that a young Wagner was. He is not the type of explosive uh, you know, physical player in terms of shedding blockers at the point of attack um, the way that Bobby Wagner was. It's one of the concerns I have about him in his fit in Seattle's scheme, if they are, in fact, going to be using more 3-4 principles including at the linebacker position but at the same time i think that he is that steady eddie kind of linebacker um you know bobby wagner did not create a lot of explosive plays for the C- for the seahawks a year ago and yet he still finished third in the nfl and broke his his own uh and a seahawks record with 170 tackles last year it was only two players brooks and then olicon uh um who wound up actually producing more tackles for uh, in the NFL a season ago? And I think that Cody Barton is going to put up actually pretty significant or pretty similar numbers. Maybe not 170, but I think that he's got a chance to be in the top 10, top 12 of all tacklers in the NFL next season. Cool. And by any standard, that is obviously very, very productive. So, yeah, I do feel very good about Cody Barton being able to take over that role and be very statistically productive. To me, the question is, can Cody Barton produce the explosive plays, the game-changing plays that he has shown flashes of being able to do so in the past? I'm curious to see if he is going to be able to physically hold up over the duration of the season, and if he is able to produce those types of plays, Seattle's defense is going to be humming.
0: Yeah, I don't know that Cody Barton can be as effective of a run defender as Bobby Wagner has been for the last decade, even last year. Bobby Wagner did not have the tackles for loss. There were a lot of tackles five, six yards downfield. Those things were obvious. Those are signs of decline. And I don't think you're going to see as much of that with Cody Barton because I do think he's more spry. He's more athletic at this stage. Wagner has declined some in terms of athleticism. I think there are some things you'll be able to do with Barton that you couldn't do in the last couple of years as effectively with Wagner, though. I think he can be a very effective blitzer. We saw that in limited action last year. We saw the year before. He's a guy that is a sneaky good blitzer at getting to the quarterback and being a former safety. I think this might be the one area where Seattle is actually better off without number 54 at this stage of his career in coverage. There were way too many times where opponents, you could tell that they were singling him and Jordan Brooks out, the Rams in particular. We're going to run these deeper crossing routes. You're not going to be able to defend them. You can't get there. Cody Barton late in the season, we saw his ability to do that and his ability to swivel his hips move well in space and be able to cover. I think the Seahawks could be better in that regard, which when you're running a 3-4 defense, they're going to be running more nickel. You need to have a guy that's trustworthy in the middle that can move around and cover. Cody Barton can do that. So while you're probably going to lose a little bit in the run defense category, not going to be as effective getting off of blocks probably. I do like him better at that off-ball linebacker position. Sam was not a good fit for him. He's not physical enough and doesn't have enough butt to be able to play off edge. But as an off-ball linebacker with his athleticism, his quickness, his instincts, I think that he's a pretty solid fit. We just have to see if he can do it for 17 games. Now, as far as spotlight players go, I could spotlight Jordan Brooks all day long because of the talent that he is. And I just talk a lot about Barton. He's a huge focal point here. But I'm actually going to take a little different tangent here. And I'm going to give a shout out to an undrafted rookie that I think has a very good chance to surprise and possibly earn a roster spot. And that's Vi Jones coming out of North Carolina State. You and I have talked about him a few times since Seattle signed him. I'm just extremely intrigued by him. At six foot three, 230 pounds, long arms. He's wearing K.J. Wright's number. I'm not saying he's going to be K.J. Wright. He's a different style of player. But he had six blocked kicks at North Carolina State. He is a special team star. If he's able to do anything like that on a special team for Seattle, he's got a very good chance to make this football team. And then I see the athleticism, and I see the pass rushing ability. He had six sacks last year at NC State. In the ACC, he's going to have to get a little bit stronger to be able to be an every-down player. But he is somebody in the future that I'm very excited about if he is able to translate what he did in college to the NFL. He could end up being a guy that's much better in the league than he was at the college level. And I'm still surprised that he didn't get a combined invite with the production that he had.
1: He certainly should have. I mean, it was kind of ridiculous that, that he did not, uh, frankly. And he is one of those players. We talked about him a couple of times on the podcast already, Corbin. One of those players that I think is, um, um, you know, one of the most intriguing of the undrafted free agents. See how track record with uh, UDFAs uh, speaks for itself. And yeah, Vi Jones is absolutely one of those players that has a, a chance of making this roster. The, the same concerns I have about Cody Barton, who I who I'm going to kind of profile a little bit and highlight here, talk about a little bit. The same concerns I have about him, or what I have about Jones. Um, and frankly, about the other player that I, I want to kind of mention here, at least give a little bit of a tip of the cap to, and that's Joel E.A. Bounier. Um, and, and he is the, the the player who was with the Chicago Bears um, that uh, previously played his college ball, at Western Kentucky. Talk about guys who kind of had to carve their own spot. You know, 6'1", 230 pounds. He's a little shorter, but also slim um, and relies on his athleticism the same way that Barton and Jones do, Corbin. And, and in a 4-3 defense, I think all three of these guys wind up making an awful lot of plays. It's the 3-4 element that, that kind of concerns me a little bit. I'm really excited to see all three of these players put those pads on and really get hit and see again as we talked about are they physically going to be able to hold up you you said that barton doesn't have enough butt to him and that's a good point that's that's that lower body obviously your your biggest muscle on your body and you have to be able to hold up at the point of attack seattle has the nose guards to be able to do that but they are going to be more times when guards, centers, fullbacks are going to be hitting these linebackers um, and and they're going to have to be able to get off of, of blocks. And, you know, it's funny, in, in talking to the Seahawks scouts and, and some of the other longtime, uh, you know, people on the scenes there um, you know Iwe Bunye is one of the guys that people are excited about and so again I I'm really interested to see this linebacker core I, I think that it is anonymous nationally speaking but I also think that there's a lot of talent here that is kind of ready to pop and we talked about that a moment ago just how important it is like the running game and you might lose something going from Wagner to Barton I just think about this division and how critical it is that you have linebackers you can cover in space Um, and the way that that how complicated this whole thing is with the possibility of Seattle using three safeties as well you might not see that second linebacker produce as many numbers because there just may not be as quite as many tackle opportunities because a third safety might be getting them so I I just to me that is what makes Seattle's defense uh, this possible amoeba style the versatility they're going to be able to offer that much more exciting and I think that the, the the most interesting part of the entire group is going to be this linebacker core.
0: Yeah, I agree with you. I think it's the biggest wild card when we're talking about the defense, and I would say cornerback is a close second there because there's so many moving parts, and we will get to that on a later episode. But the one player that I am fascinated to see come back from injury because I actually think John Radigan in a 3-4, when I have watched his tape at Army and I've seen the preseason games – He's always been pretty good at the point of attack and he does a good job ripping off of blocks. So I actually wonder if scheme wise that he might in the long run be a better fit. Now it's a huge what if there because he's coming off a torn ACL and he hasn't really played any defensive snaps in the NFL, but that is a player that I kind of have a little bit of a a dog tag where I'm saying I'll come back later when he's healthy and might be a guy that we can watch down the line as far as bold predictions real quick. I don't necessarily know this is bold because Jordan Brooks had 180 tackles last year, but I'm hoping the Seahawks are not on the field defensively near as much, and there aren't as many tackle opportunities in general, but I still think Jordan Brooks, with what he did last year, he's going to take another big step this year and... I think he is a first-team All-Pro in 2022. I don't think people are going to be sleeping in this linebacking group next year because I've got Jordan Brooks making 185 tackles, another franchise record, and this is where I think he makes the big stride. I have Jordan Brooks getting three interceptions this year. He was so close to getting multiple picks last year, and he was just a step behind, I think, with the experience now and with the scheme change He's going to get more opportunities, and I think he capitalizes. If he can put numbers up like that in this defense, I think he's got first-team All-Pro written all over. He got three votes last year. I think this year he gets way more than that, and he gets his first All-Pro of what could be several, another superstar in the making at linebacker
1: uh corbin again with the statistics here so you've inspired me a little bit to kind of expand upon my bold prediction linebacker uh position uh, i i guess it's not very bold in predicting that the cody barton is going to wind up starting but i can tell you this in his first three seasons in the nfl uh, corbin he is uh, cody barton has registered a total of 95 combined tackles he is going to top that this season as seattle's Typical starter at that second inside linebacker position. Um, but I will say this. I think that Bunye is going to be the guy who's going to make some plays, again, in training camp and in the preseason. There will be some plays during the preseason, I think, in which he is going to create an interception or a force fumble or get a sack that you're going to see that speed. And so I think that he is also going to be somebody to absolutely watch in, in terms of this kind of underrated Seahawks linebacking corps. When
0: we return for our Tuesday episode, we're going to be continuing our training camp preview and it is Tackle Tuesday. We're going to be looking at the offensive tackles and the defensive tackles. You kind of hit on it already with the youth on the offensive side of the ball. A lot more experience at defensive tackle. We're going to be diving into both those groups as we draw even closer to the start of Seahawks training camp. As always, you can follow me on Twitter, Corbin Smith NFL. You can follow Rob at Rob Rang. Make sure to check out Locked on Seahawks on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and five days a week streaming on YouTube. Thanks as always for listening in. Enjoy the rest of your Monday. Go Hawks!